This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Next week, and to help us sort all those things out, we bring on our pal. He is, of course, the outstanding Jet reporter for ESPN. He's my good friend, Rich Samini. Rich, how are things, buddy? Thanks for hopping on. All right, Dan. Good to talk to you. I think the last time we spoke was that maybe that last day in the locker room or right toward the end of the year there, which seems like a long time ago, given what we've gone through over the last few days. But uh, here we are, right? Absolutely. I would say a lot has changed, and who knows what's going to happen over the next five, six days either. And now, now, I know that you have sources everywhere, and I know that you are very, very well piped into the Malibu scene. So I'm sure that you know exactly what Aaron Rodgers is doing, what he's thinking, and what his announcement is going to be when he emerges from the castle, right? I don't think anyone knows what Aaron Rodgers is thinking. Um, I, I, I have seen pictures of his home, though, in Malibu. It's a pretty sweet pad there. So uh, maybe he's just thinking of hanging out there for, for a while, you know, or just hang him up, you know, and hanging out there forever. But, you know, as, as of about two hours ago, he had not told the Packers uh, what his plans were, what his intentions were. So unless something happened over the last two to three hours, I, I think we're still in a standstill. And I think – both teams, I mean, obviously the Jets and Packers have talked. Uh, it is my belief that they probably have the framework worked out of compensation. Uh, and they're just waiting for, you know, Aaron Rodgers to chime in with his intentions. And, and I'm sure you caught that little blurb from Mark Murphy when he was interviewed on the local station out there in Green Bay earlier today when he basically said, hey, you know what, we, we've already kind of made our decision. We're ready to move on to Jordan Love, but it's still in the hands of Aaron Rodgers here. So if Green Bay basically has let the world know that they want to move forward and start new, could you see a situation where Aaron Rodgers just, you know, maybe because of how he tends to be, would want to go back to Green Bay just to make things uncomfortable and then force the Packers' hand? Just, just to spite them? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I'll show you guys. I'm going to show up, you know. Yeah, like and, the Larry David uh, the spite store. Yeah, I mean, that would be a really weird scenario. Um, bringing back memories of Brett Favre, you yeah. know, back in – 15 years ago there's so many eerie, eerie parallels to it but uh you know i don't think rogers would do that um you know i, I ultimately think he he's going to end up with the jets it's just a gut feeling some instinct and you know just from connecting some dots uh, i i just think they're going through a negotiating process right now and for whatever reason it's taken a while i think if you heard the mark murphy clip obviously all sides want to get this done by the start of free agency just so they can map out a plan and move on with their business. This is obviously going to be a, an impact on the Jets' salary cap situation if they get them. And mm-hmm. uh, even if they don't get them, they're going to have to go out and get another quarterback. And for the Packers, they're going to get hit with a $40 million dead charge on their cap if they trade Aaron Rodgers before June 1st. So significant implications, and that's why everyone is so eager to get this resolved. Do you, you know, it's impossible to know because we don't know what the rest of the roster is going to look like, right? And that's up to Joe Douglas, and that's what the next line of business is going to be once they get this whole thing straightened out. But let's just for argument's sake say, Rich, Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback week number one. How much do you think that significantly elevates them in terms of the AFC pecking order? Oh, a lot. I mean, uh, I'm not going to go so far as to say they're going to be the favorite or or the second team because obviously Kansas City and 
And Cincinnati would have to be, I think, one, two in the conference. But um, and going into free agency, we know a lot can change in free agency. But Patrick Mahomes is not going anywhere. So to me, they're still the favorite. And but yeah, I mean, what you what happens is, you know, and you know this, Dan. You've seen this. Maybe not on the Jets because they haven't had a, an elite quarterback. But when you put a, a good quarterback, a top shelf quarterback, on a team, it just elevates everyone around him. It just mm-hmm. it creates a different standard, a different sense of professionalism. You saw it with Brady for years. You know, he didn't have the greatest talent around him in New England. But when he was there, he just elevated everyone around him, just his command of the offense, his ability to do things pre-snap that Zach Wilson couldn't dream of doing at this stage of his career. And, I mean, you see the response already with guys like, you know, Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall gathering around the fire pit. I'm sure everyone saw it on, on YouTube. And you can see how excited those guys are. And so you put an Aaron Rodgers on the field, it just makes everyone better and he galvanizes everyone, and I think that's what the Jets, what their vision is, if, if they can make it come true. Can't you just see that first home game, the MetLife Stadium parking lot, if Aaron Rodgers is the Jet quarterback? You know how many cheeseheads are going to be in the fire pits when you walk around MetLife's parking lot just from the Jet fans as giddy and excited as they are to get this guy to be their new quarterback? I mean, I could see it now here. Um, in the meantime, Chuck Clark acquired from the Baltimore Ravens. I thought it was a nice move. Not going to count a lot against the salary cap. A guy who can seem like play, and you can line him up anywhere on the defensive side of the ball. So that makes Jeff Ulbrich and Robert Sal excited. But I guess the question is going to be, you know, he and Jordan Whitehead have a lot of similarities. Does that mean that Jordan Whitehead's spot is maybe a little tenuous here on the roster? Yeah, they're essentially the same player. You know, they're both strong safeties. I'd say Clark is a better tackler than Whitehead, and I think that, you know, the Jets had some tackling issues on the back end last year at safety. I think that factored into this decision. So I think Clark's, you know, a better tackler. Whitehead might be slightly better in coverage, but not to the point where you say, you know, it's a dramatic difference. Um, But you make a great point, Dan, because they are, you know, I can't see the Jets lining up with two strong safeties in their defense. They would just leave themselves vulnerable in pass coverage. So I think what will happen is, you know, I think they'll keep Jordan Whitehead and go into free agency and see what they can come up with. LaMarcus Joyner is a free agent. You know, I'm not so sure the Jets want to bring him back. But if they find a safety in free agency, more of a free safety, then I think they can move on from Whitehead. They do get a big cap savings if they move on from Jordan Whitehead. It's about a $7 million savings if they release him. It's the second and final year of his contract. And, look, he's a durable guy, Whitehead. He played pretty much every snap last year. He was good against the run, but he was very vulnerable in coverage, and he did miss some key tackles. So I think Clark is probably a slight upgrade at at a lesser cost. And I think if they find a free safety, I think they could move on from Whitehead. Talking with Rich Semini, of course, of ESPN here on 98.7. ESPN. They've already moved on from Braxton Berrios. They tried to rework the deal. And look, he he was at a position of power a couple of off seasons ago when he was coming off that all pro year. And, you know, he got a nice contract, but then the production dipped last year and they weren't going to justify paying him that money again next season. Um, Do you think that they would be in the market for somebody um, to fill that return role, or do you think that it's somebody maybe that they have on the roster that they see, well, you know what, they can handle that job as well? Yeah, I certainly think they'd be open to, to 
do some. I mean, he's pretty much handled it for a few years. So, uh, and as you mentioned, first team all pro in the 21 season, had a great job. And then last year, what happened was, you know, they moved Elijah Moore to the slot last year after his trade request. And they, you know, they kind of moved the receivers around a little bit. It was like a little bit of a shell game at wide receiver. And they moved uh, Elijah Moore into the slot and really cut down on Braxton's playing time. He became the black backup slot guy. And so when you're the fourth or fifth receiver and you're just returning punts basically and playing 10 snaps a game on offense, you know, you can't justify an $8 million cap hit. So I do think the Jets will add a receiver this offseason. I think they'd probably look for someone who can do the returning. Um, you know, it's, it's not as important once was because of the way kickoffs are now. Um, but they would like to have a better punt returner. They got basically, for some reason, it was weird. Last year, Berrios' punt returning production just went down. Yeah. And uh, it was a you know, it was it was odd because he was really good at it the year before and they just couldn't get anything going this year in that aspect of special teams. I think it's on the list of things to get. It's probably not really high on the list, but I do think they're gonna look to add a receiver, perhaps even fairly significant addition in the uh high end of the draft. The thing you always say about Berrios is he could catch anything, and that was always good. He was sure-handed when it came to fielding punts, but you maybe didn't get as much in the return. It was almost like the Jeremy Curley, who would be like notorious just for the fair catching once upon a time and not maybe offer much when it came to getting some yards after the catch there. Uh, Makai Becton, he's slimming down. He's looking fit and trim there. Look, And you reported, of course, that uh, Dwayne Brown is going to be coming back here. Do you think that there's going to be this seismic overhaul in terms of personnel in the offensive line, or do you think that it might just be a lot of the same cast of characters and the Jets are just going to hope that they stay a lot healthier and have better luck than they did last year? Well, they have a lot of guys going to free agency on the offensive line, uh, so it's, it's going to be – the cast of characters is going to change a little bit because I think Connor McGovern will hit free agency. I'm, I don't think he'll be back. George Fant is hitting free agency. Don't think he'll back. Uh, Nate Herbig possibly could come back as a backup. But what I think right now, I guess probably the depth chart hanging on Joe Douglas's wall probably has Dwayne Brown at left tackle and then Makai Becton and Max Mitchell at right tackle. And I do think still – even with Dwayne Brown coming back, even Mekhi Becton looks great. He's down to about 363, which was his combine weight. So that's very encouraging for Jets fans. Max Mitchell is coming back. He had that uh, blood clot condition, which I, I'm told is under control, and he's managing that with medication. And so I still think they might draft an offensive tackle with the 13th pick. Uh, I really do because, uh, you know, Becton looks good, but, can you really count on him to be the starter? I mean, he right. basically had two knee surgeries and has missed two full years. Max Mitchell, is he really the guy you want to, you know, a full-time starter? So I think they're going to bring another tackle into that mix. They need a center. There are ba there are no centers on the roster right now. So that is an area where I think they'll probably sign a veteran in free agency and then also look to draft a guy maybe in the second or third round. There's, a, there's about three or four centers who are worthy of being drafted. So that's how I think they'll attack those two positions. Yeah, the Minnesota kid at the Senior Bowl looked pretty good. He had a good week down there in Mobile, but I'm sure there are going to be other guy, uh, teams coveting his services there as well. Uh, we already talked about Jordan Whitehead. 
There's certainly a few other veterans on this team that have high cap numbers. I'm sure the Jets are trying to see if they can restructure them and make the number work a little bit better for them. But, you know, I'll throw out the names. C.J. Mosley, Carl Lawson, Corey Davis. What does your gut tell you about those three guys as to whether they're going to be on this team come the season? Yeah, I think Mosley probably will. $21.5 million cap. Obviously, that's not going to fly. They're going to have to redo that. But it's a pretty easy re- restructure to do that. They can lower his cap number by $11 million just with basically turning his salary this year into signing bonus and spreading it out over the last few years of his contract. So that should be fairly easy. Uh, Carl Lawson's the interesting one to me because uh, 15.7 on this year's cap. So that's a lot. But it's kind of not a lot. It depends how you look at it. He plays a premium position, edge rusher. Uh, I think if he got cut, I think teams would be all over him right away. That's why I tend to believe that he'll be on the team. Perhaps they could try to rework it a little bit, but it's a little trickier when a guy's going into the last year of his contract. So they would have to extend his contract instead of doing a simple restructure. And then you're investing more money into the player and I'm not sure they want to do that. So my gut says he'll probably be back under his existing contract. Corey Davis, I still think there's a chance he could be released. It's 11 and a half, I believe, on the cap. That's a lot of money. Like I said earlier, I think they're going to look to add a wide receiver. If they get Rodgers, I think Alan Lazard is a guy from Green Bay you want to keep an eye on to bring mm-hmm. in as a wide receiver or even a Randall Cobb. You know, he and, he and Rodgers are BFFs. So I could see something like that happening. So I think Corey Davis is probably in danger of not being on the roster. We'll start to get our answers here in just uh, a few days, which is an exciting time. I know that you're going to be busy. Always good to catch up, my friend. Uh, Try to get some rest over this next week, despite the fact it should be exciting. And uh, we'll talk again real soon. All right. Always good catching up, Dan. Catch you down the road. All righty. There is Rich Samini, of course. Great job covering the Jets for ESPN. You know, it's interesting. The Lawson thing is is tricky because, you know, everything that Rich just outlined, but he does play the premium position as a pass rusher. And remember, we found out late last season, I don't remember the exact timetable, but we found out late in the year that when he had the Achilles surgery, which forced him to miss all of 2021, we found out that he also had another procedure done in the offseason before 2022. So it wasn't just one, it was two procedures that he was coming back from. And maybe it took him a little bit of time. And everybody says when you suffer the Achilles injury, you know, it, it, it takes you about a year to where you get that speed and that burst back from when you before you were injured. So premium position, now he's going to have a completely injury-free offseason to train, to get ready, to go through his normal regimen. You know, another year of experience under his belt or another year of football under his belt, you maybe think that you might even get more of a productive pass rusher this season. Maybe the Jets are willing to roll the dice in that department. I don't know, but I think that that's one of the things you have to keep, you know, really at the center of the discussion is that he plays a premium position. Because, look, in the NFL nowadays, guys, quarterback, pass rusher, corner, left tackle. Those are the positions you pay top dollar to. You know, the way the game has kind of evolved right now, those are the positions and the guys that you need to have satisfied on your roster if you want to be a winner. So we'll see how they go. And 
lot of tough decisions. And look, I'm sure that they probably worked all this stuff out. They have multiple scenarios, contingency plans, all those things. And gets underway in just a couple of days. It's going to be a lot of fun. Remember, the NFL has no offseason. There is no rest in the NFL. It is 365 days constant. The news always churning. 800-919-3776. React to what Rich had to say. We'll also squeeze in some baseball conversation, too. Injury bug starting to creep into Yankee camp, which is not too good. And we saw Justin Verlander's second Met appearance this afternoon down in Port St. Lucie. We'll talk about all that. Dan Gross' show till the top right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. That was nice of them. We're going to have to send them a nice little uh, thank you basket in the mail. Send it down to Madison Square Garden. Because uh, next week we got a bunch of programs too during our usual 7 o'clock time. Uh, because Knicks are still out on the West Coast and a couple of those Ranger nights aren't accommodating there. So we got some shows and it's the best time of the year to do it, right? With all the NCAA tournament stuff, with the college hoops, NFL free agency getting underway. This is going to be great. You know, baseball a couple of weeks away. So plenty of you and me time uh, next week as well. And hey, before you know it, NBA, NHL will be over. And then we're really going to get sick of each other once we're uh, back on every single day doing our program here in case you're just joining us though uh we began a couple of hours ago with the mark murphy sound now you might be sitting here saying to yourself who the hell is mark murphy well mark murphy is the president of the green bay packers and has been for quite some time and he was at a uh, sports function at the University of Wisconsin-Green Bay earlier today. And he was making the rounds and doing some interviews with the local media in uh, Green Bay there. And in particular, he did an interview with ABC Green Bay. And it was interesting uh, when he was discussing the whole comparison between how Brett Favre's Packer tenure ended 15 years ago and to the situation they find themselves in right now with Aaron Rodgers. So listen to what Mark Murphy had to say and see if he could pick up uh, an interesting use of words that he decided to employ. Well, obviously, we're very fortunate to have back-to-back -back Hall of Fame quarterbacks. And, yeah, it's it was very early in my tenure, so I remember it very well with, uh, uh, with Brett's situation. And, you know, um, it's kind of that happens in our game. You know, nobody, very few players play for only one team. Uh, and, you know, obviously Brett had a great career. Aaron had a great career here. And uh, regardless of what happens, you know, Aaron will be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He'll be in our Hall of Fame and we'll bring him back. He'll retire his number. And uh, but this is just one of the things that you go through as a team. And, uh, you know, again, you want to try to achieve something that's Good for both uh, Aaron and us. Brett had a great career. Aaron had a great career. That's past tense. All right, you could have been absent from school that day when they taught you past, present tense and all those things. Future tense. That means he's looking at it as if it was a thing that happened. It was recorded history. Aaron Rodgers' tenure as the New York, or as the, see, I'm already getting ahead of myself, as the Green Bay Packers quarterback and then the, he did another interview but there's no audio of this one we just have the the written transcript and he was asked is there a scenario where Aaron is still the starting quarterback of the Packers next season to which Mark Murphy replied yeah I mean unless if things don't work out the way we want them yeah we would he's obviously a great player if things don't work out the way we want them they want Jordan Love to be the quarterback that's what they want to have happen 
So, hey, man, we're just sitting here waiting on Aaron Rodgers. And if he uses this as fuel and his motivation that the Packers don't want me anymore, that they want to turn things over to Jordan Love, and he thinks or they think I'm done and I'm not good anymore and I'm going to go someplace else, and I'm going to show them that, hey, they kept the wrong guy. And I'm going to go out there and play top-notch football. Hell, he might even – Aaron Rodgers might even do something as stupid as going and winning another MVP award. How about that? All right, we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. 800-919-3776. But again, I mean, Packers said they want to get this thing resolved before free agency starts. Don't you think the Jets would also like an answer one way or the other? And I'm sure that they conveyed that to Aaron Rodgers when the, you know, brain trust hopped on the private jet and flew all the way out to Malibu. I'm sure they told him. He said, Aaron, you know what? You got until about Sunday or Monday. We would like to know something. Do we have a gentleman's agreement, please? So we'll see if we get that. This could be, could be a very busy 48 hours here. So keep it tuned to this radio station because I'm sure we're going to be all over it when and if it happens. Let's go back to the phone to say hi to Danny and Howard Beach. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Daniel, how are you? Dan, what a great interview, man, with Rich. Dude, you are the absolute voice of the Jets. Let me tell you something. My boy Joe is an NYPD officer, and we both have a podcast called Jets Turbulence, and we would absolutely love for you to come on. That's right. Jets. Danny, I, I mean, owe you the I just, podcast. We'll make it happen. I promise you we'll I, do the I, podcast. I, I just, I just uh, tweeted you out right now. But listen, I got something to say. Uh, honestly, the more this takes a little bit long, I think it's good on Joe Douglas. He's a mastermind when it comes to trades. I think there's multiple players into this, and I think Corey Davis is probably part of it because I think they want Green Bay wanted him before the trade deadline. Bakhtiari restructured his deal as well. There can be something that can be – I mean, first-round first round pick, I think that's off the table. I don't think it's going to cost – the Jets a first-rounder. Probably a second and a third, and the third can become a second next year. That's where I'm at. We cannot wait to have you, Dan, the voice of the Jets on Jets Turbulence. We love you. We can't wait to have you. We are stoked. Dan, these are lofty expectations. I don't know if I can live up to them. I mean, you're really you're, you're setting me up for nothing but failure. That's what you're doing here. We love you, bro. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, I'll get you, buddy. You know that. I'll be in touch, and we'll make the podcast happen. But I appreciate the, uh, the kind words, as always. I, look, I've been saying it forever. If this thing goes down, Jets are not going to part with a first-round pick. That's why it kind of cracks me up, all these talking heads talking about the compensation and blah, 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 blah. You could do this without a first-round pick. Guy's 40 years old. Got to be 40 years old. He's 40 years old, and you don't know how much longer he's going to play. It might only be one year. Joe Douglas is not stupid. Look at some of the trades that he's made. Look at what he has gotten back for the likes of Sam Darnold, for example, and some of these other guys. You know, we got two, he got two first-round picks from the Seattle Seahawks for a safety. A safety. You really think that Joe Douglas is going to give up a first-round pick despite how great Aaron Rodgers is and he's one of the top ten quarterbacks of all time and, you know, all the MVP awards and so on and so forth? He's not giving up a first-round pick. It will be multiple picks but he's going to be able to keep his one. Let's say hi to Jose in Brooklyn, who's up next here on 98.7. Jose, good evening. How are you? Good evening. I'm doing great. I'm great show today, Mr. Broadway. What's up, Jose? How's things? 
Uh, things are going great, and I gotta say, um, I, just to get to um, my Nick point, um, but I had to say great stuff on the St. John stuff because you know it did remind me of those days of when like Felipe Lopez and Ron Artest was still you know running wild in St. John's and doing great, but um, that was such a long time ago, right? St. John's was national news during those days. I mean, I'm that's even more yep. recently. I mean, I'm you know if you want to go all the way back to the you know the Mullen and Louis days in the '80s and stuff like I mean, geez. That that was oh. they were really on a different level, but it's oh, just definitely. it's unfortunate because you know for those that are old enough to remember the Big East and you know the Big East tournament like those days, I don't think you'll ever be able to capture what it was back then. When you think about those personalities, the coaches alone, oh, those exactly. players and those programs, so much has changed. It's so unfortunate. And I gotta say, and I also gotta say, like just to say, like the point that you made about the campuses, it's so true because I um. Went, I, I went to a commuter school in Pace um, down in the downtown area mm-hmm. and going to visit other campuses and visit other amenities and all these other places. When you're trying to recruit, trying to, you know, St. John's that doesn't have a big time football school and is not, you know, at the best, you know, areas locale, locale wise, it's, you know, it, it, it does kind of, you know, doesn't come compare when you're, you know, being talked about with my with coach k and duke and calhoun and uconn and all these other school all those other powerhouses that kind of pretty much passed them by and even if and jose even if you want to leave the area right i mean if you're talking Mm -hmm. about some of these other campuses across the country at the power five schools i mean let's just be real the the facilities the amenities the campuses they're going to blow st john's out of the water Exactly, exactly. And to my next point, just to be real quick, because I know you have to get going. Yeah. Um, I, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, it is kind of hard with Tibbs because he, he is kind of set with his nine-man rotation. But I do think where, you know, you're coming off of a double overtime night, you know, like you kind of said, Jericho Sims kind of, you know, has been not been used ever since Mitchell has come back. And we kind of needed more of a big man presence to help out, you know, Randall a little, give him a little bit more rest and possibly use a little bit deuce. And I know Rose may be unplayable, but, you know, he needed to definitely get some play because without without Brunson for these next couple games, it's looking like we're going to need all the, you know, guys hands on deck to pretty much try to, you know, keep in perspective and keep everybody fresh. No doubt about it. Jose, good phone call, my man. Appreciate it as always. See, I, I know you don't want to think in these terms, but just given the reality of the situation now, which is very uncertain with Brunson, I mean, if you're a betting man right now, you'd have to say Brunson might be shut down for the rest of the trip. Okay, it's only a few more days. They might err on the side of caution. If that's the case, just don't get swept. I mean, that's not what you signed up for before you went out there. Like you didn't, you know, maybe want to go one and three out there. But you got a couple of teams that could be dangerous, players that could be dangerous. Lakers are fighting for their lives. Anthony Davis has been on a tear. Damian Lillard can go off on any given night. I mean, the guy put up 70 already this year in a game. And the Clippers are good when they want to be good. So... If you're the Knicks, just if you could steal one of these games, I think that you have to take that, considering that Jalen Brunson may have only played, what, a half of one of these games. 800-919-3776, that's the telephone number. Talk a little baseball and the latest from our buddy Kyrie Irving, who decided to share his thoughts on just random musings a couple of nights ago on Twitch. Dan Gross' show, we roll to the top on 98.7 ESPN. This 
is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Then I go to sleep, get some rest because I got to wake up early. We got to do this whole thing again in less than 12 hours from now. 9 a.m. manana for our little Saturday show. Got some good things planned for you, so I trust that you will all tune in. Remember, you can get me on Twitter, too, at Dan Grasa, G-R-A-C-A. So I just watched Joel Embiid hit a walk-off uh, game-winning basket against Portland a couple of moments ago, fading away at the foul line, ended up on his uh, derriere, but you know what? He got it to go through the hoop, and so Sixers get a win as they just continue to do their thing in the Eastern Conference, and Embiid making quite a case for the most valuable player award in the NBA. We'll see how that voting is all tabulated when it's all said and done. He's got to, I mean, he's in the top three, right? I mean, I think him and Jokic are the two front runners, if you ask me, but we'll see. Anything can happen over the next, what, when's the season over? About another month, regular season? We'll see, but I, you know, he's having a great year, and you talk about indispensable players and guys that can ill afford to miss any time for their respective teams. I mean, what, what would the Sixers be without Joel Embiid? I mean, would they even be in the play-in tournament? Maybe. They'd be around like a you know nine seed in the Eastern Conference. Um, speaking of the Eastern Conference, Kyrie Irving is no longer a part of it. He's over in the Western Conference. He's a member of the Dallas Mavericks. And, you know, Dallas has fallen on a little bit of adversity here. They've lost seven out of their last ten. And Luka, their best player, is down for the count. He's dealing with a thigh injury. You talk about another guy that is super important to his team, and they need that guy in the worst way possible. But, you know, Kyrie, I guess he can't help himself. You know, he, he went on Twitch the other night. Is Twitch considered social media? See, I'm not that hip or cool. Like, I don't even know. But he, he went on Twitch the other night and decided to make a video and just kind of, you know, free up some thoughts that I guess were, were clouding up his, his uh, head the other night. And uh, this is what Kyrie had to say. We always get a kick out of Kyrie. Here we go. Kai, well, what's Kai going to do this summer? Does Kai like Dallas? What happened in Brooklyn? What happened in Boston? What happened in Cleveland? Why did you leave LeBron? Why did you leave Jason? Why did you leave Katie? Why did you leave all these people? For three hours. Get to ask all these legitimate questions. As if 21 hours every day wasn't happening after that. Me. You would think that I'm the cancer in the locker room as if basketball is an individual sport that one person is supposed to take blame for. It's 15 guys on the team and I'm, and I'm the one cancer in the room. That's what it's portrayed as. That's what that's what you guys get. That's that's what they have fun doing. That's what why why these older, bitter gentlemen and women keep my name in their mouths every day. Right, a couple of things there, and I w- I will say this, and I did not know this about Kyrie. First and foremost, if the basketball thing does not work out for him, if he just decides he doesn't want to do it anymore, we know that he swung and missed at his attempted career as a film critic earlier this season. That backfired on him horribly. But he might have a future as a voiceover actor. Because, like, when he started talking at the beginning there and he, like, went on that little rant, he's like, what about Brooklyn? What about Boston? What about Jason? What about LeBron? Like, it didn't even sound like him. Like, if we just took that soundbite and played it for somebody and said, which NBA star is this? Like, nobody would guess Kyrie. It didn't sound like him. So, like, he has it in him. He is that super talented that he could be a voice guy. You know, he could do, like, cartoons and, and whatever. Donate all the money to charity, right? I mean, he'd be great at that stuff. 
The other thing is, too, like if you watch this, I always kind of get a kick out of it. And I understand what the medium is and, and what it's intended for. But I just I watched this guy who looks like he's just sitting in his living room and, and talking to a screen. And, and it's almost like he's talking to himself. Right. Like if somebody walks in the room and just sees this, it's like, dude, who are you talking to? Which is kind of like creepy, but whatever. You know, the thing about Kyrie is this. Like, you just played a game. You came home, and you did one of these, hey, let's interact with the fans type things. Nobody made you do this. Right? Nobody nobody said, Kyrie, you got to do this. Like, the NBA didn't say you had to do it. The Dallas Mavericks didn't say you had to do it. So, I'm, I'm curious, like, all these things that keep popping up and all these things that are generating attention, like, he's the one that's volunteering all this content. Nobody else is. Like, nobody's trying to, like, twist things that he's saying or, 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 or fish for things. Like, he is the one voluntarily that keeps talking, which he has every right to do, but you can't have it both ways. Like, you're a public figure. You're an NBA star. You make a lot of money. That's your job. Like, your job is to go out there for three hours. He said three hours, and as a basketball player, they critique you. That's fair game, right? When you get paid all that money, when you have all that money in your bank account every Friday when the check clears, that, that's part of the territory. It's no different than, you know, when I come on and I do these shows, like people could tee off. They could say whatever the hell they want about me and, and, and whatever. It's part of the job. It's not a surprise. So, yeah, when he says that people are taking three hours out of my day and feeling like they, they know me and there's 21 other hours in the day, well, yeah, dude, because we don't see what the hell you're doing in the 21 other hours. We're, again, basing this on you, the basketball player. Things you do on the court or when you're on the court or not on the court more than anything else, right? And then number two, basing it off of maybe the things that you say before the game, after the game, when you're meeting with the media. And really that's kind of, for the most part, all people are concerned with as far as Kyrie Irving or really any other player, right? So I don't know, like, why he thinks he's different and he thinks like that. Because, you know what, we're only basing it off of what you give us. So for people who think that they know you and, and this, and it's we're only basing it on the information provided during your time as an NBA player or some of the things that you volunteer on social media. Because remember, the whole Amazon thing with the movie – that he shared with everybody, that wasn't part of the three hours on the court. Like, Kyrie wasn't sitting there during a timeout while Jock Vaughn was diagramming a player. Maybe Steve Nash was coaching still then when the, the Amazon thing happened. While they're diagramming a play, and then Kyrie pulls out his phone and decides to link the Amazon movie to his social media, right? That's something he did in his own time. So then again, that's something you choose to do outside of basketball. So if you just want to keep it a basketball, like, I got no problem with that. That's cool. But then when you do these other things, like this Twitch thing, for example, that's a part of the th or, uh, a part from the three hours. Right? So I don't know. It's just trying to control this narrative again, which he's tries to be good at here. But you could kind of poke holes through it all. And really, when, what's going to happen one day is that people are just going to stop paying attention. and They're just not going to care, really. So you might as well eat it up for what it's worth because there's a lot of players, players actually that 
were better than him, that accomplished more than him during their respective careers, that once they retire and once they're out of the spotlight, they're, they kind of don't carry as much weight anymore. Like, they're, you know, their presence really isn't as magnified as it once was, and they don't have that platform. And then you kind of just, like, go into that category of just another former player. Oh, no, he's always good for a laugh, though. He really and truly is. I get a kick out of Kyrie. 800-919-3776. And, oh, by the way, like all the places that he mentioned, too, like what about Boston? What about Cleveland? What about Bro- – yeah, you kind of like burn them to the ground, dude. Like you all left them worse off than when he got there. That's another thing that he kind of should point out. But, anyway, uh, it's a convenient argument. When we come back, a little baseball to close out the show. Little Yankees, little Mets. What's happening down in the Grapefruit League as we are just now 20 – 20 days from opening day. Dan Gross' show till the top right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Dan Gross' show on 98.7 ESPN. (laughs)